Blog Talk Radio. place 
where we can lay down our heads and rest and listen for a while. So I'm going to I'm now going to read the very first poem that I turned to and I turned right to this page one day very soon after I received these books. So let me see if I can get this situated the way that we need. Okay. This poem is called The Garden. It's by Andrew Marvell. Andrew Marvell lived in the 17th century. The Garden. How vainly men themselves amaze to win the palm, the oak, or bays, and their incessant labors see, crowned from some single herb or tree, whose short and narrow virgin shade does prudently their toils upbraid. While all flowers and all trees do close to weave the garlands of repose. Fair quiet, have I found thee here? And innocence, thy sister dear. Mistaken long, I sought you then in busy companies of men. Your sacred plants, if here below, only among the plants will grow. Society is all but rude to this delicious solitude. No white nor red was ever seen so amorous as this lovely green Fond lovers cruel as their flame Cut in these trees their mistress's name Little, alas, they know or heed How far these beauties hers exceed Fair trees, where's there your barks? I wound no name I wound Fair trees, where's there your barks? I wound no name shall but your own be found. When we have run our passion's heat, love hither makes his best retreat. The gods that mortal beauty chase still in a tree did end their race. Apollo hunted Daphne so, only that she might laurel grow. And Pan did after Syrinx speed not as a nymph, but for a reed. What wondrous life is this I lead? Ripe apples drop upon about my head, the luscious clusters of the vine. Upon, upon my mouth do crush their wine. The nectarine and curious peach into my hands themselves do reach. Stumbling on melons as I pass, ensnared with flowers, I fall on grass. Meanwhile, the mind, from pleasure less, withdraws into its happiness. The mind, that ocean where each kind 
does straight its own resemblance find, yet it creates, transcending these, far other worlds and other seas, annihilating all that's made to a green thought in a green shade. Here at the fountain's sliding foot, or at some fruit tree's mossy root, casting the body's vest aside, my soul into the boughs does, does glide. There, like a bird, it sits and sings, then wets and combs its silver wings, until prepared for longer flight, waves in its plumes the various light. Such was that happy garden state, while man there walked without a mate, after a place so pure and sweet, what other help could yet be meet? But twas beyond a mortal's share, to wander solitary there, two paradises twere in one, to live in paradise alone. How well the skillful gardener drew of flowers and herbs this dial new, where from above the milder sun does through a fragment, fragment, fragrant zodiac run, and as it works, the industrious bee computes its time as well as we. How could such sweet and wholesome hours be reckoned but with herbs? And flowers. That was The Garden by Andrew Marvell. Now, why did I decide to read it? First of all, I will tell you this, and I felt it as I was reading it. Reading a poem out loud is a spiritual exercise, and we need more of this not less. There is wisdom in these poems. Now, for some people, it may take a little adjustment to get into reading poetry, and there are certainly shorter poems. This is a very approachable poem, and I just turned right to it when I needed to read it one day. And what it was telling me, it is a reminder. Right at the beginning, it tells us, Basically, we're all striving so much, so much these days, and there's much to be thinking about that's very serious, yes, without a doubt. However, we need to find our rest within the beauty that's around us. Spring is coming. Many of us have been on lockdown. There are many out there, and I know this particular broadcast goes out worldwide. I've seen the information on it, and I I really do want to speak to you more across the world. Because wherever you are, whatever your spiritual persuasion, or even if you have no spiritual persuasion whatsoever, beauty can help us right now. And that can be within the spoken word and within what those words lead us to. And we need this. 
because it actually helps us with everything else that's going on in our lives. It helps us with stress, obviously. It helps us connect to one another. This is something I can share, and it is totally uncontroversial, one would hope. Um, I share it imperfectly. I'm reading this cold. I don't know this by memory, and it's been a long time since I would have encountered this poem, which I probably did um, a long time ago um, before recently. So, and I really do see something to reading it out loud. So, whatever it is you're led to, to help settle and calm your spirits, it will only help you with everything else in life that may require more attention. Whatever your passion is, whatever your cause is that you feel strongly about, when we let ourselves rest in the space of the beautiful, so to speak, and it's I know, again, it's worldwide, so some people are in fall. I mean, you know, I just made that assumption that spring is coming. Well, that's only here. Fall is arriving elsewhere, wherever you are, whatever the time of year. I appreciate winter very much. I appreciate every season. These things can help us, and they lift us up. And when we are lifted into a higher state, That's when we are more gracious to one another, we listen to one another more, and we're able to shift our perspectives more readily. It's really what we need, no matter where you find yourself. We need to find those spaces where we can connect so that it flows and Beautiful words like these can help. And of what the words speak most of all, which is the beauty that's around you. Um, You may have in your apartment a little plant or something. And if you don't, it might be worth getting one. Or just picking up a few inexpensive flowers. Even if you don't have a lot of money, they can be very inexpensive. And just having something, something in your life that reminds you of the beautiful. It's incredibly important right now, and it will help us. It will help every one of us, no matter how we feel about any issue of the day. And no doubt, worldwide, those issues will not cease. So let's see if I can get this second book. I actually have two giant giant volumes here. Um, I had just picked a few. We're not going to read too many. Okay, this one I just found right before the show, truthfully. Um, Okay, this is by William Wordsworth, quite a well-known poet. No doubt many of us studied him. 
Um, in fact, just about anybody would have read one of William Wordsworth's poems in high school or whenever. And um, he lived from 1770 to 1850, so a bit later. Lines written in early spring. I heard a thousand blended notes while in a grove I sat reclined and in that sweet mood when pleasant thoughts bring sad thoughts to the mind. To her fair works did nature link the human soul that through me ran, and much it grieved my heart to think what man has made of man. Through primrose tufts in that green bower the periwinkle trailed its wreaths, and tis my faith that every flower enjoys the air it breathes. The birds around me hopped and played their thoughts I cannot measure, but the least motion which they made, it seemed a thrill of pleasure. The budding twigs spread out their fan to catch the breezy air, and I must think, do all I can, that there was pleasure there. If this belief from heaven be sent, if such be nature's holy plan, have I not reason to lament what man has made of man? That's a very powerful poem that I just found before this program, and I know it's familiar to me, and I'm sure to many of you. Um, you know, so many of us, we get busy in our lives. We stray from whatever we may have studied when we were younger. If you are younger and you're listening to this, perhaps you're studying these things in school. That's great. I hope you carry them with you because what tends to happen to most of us as we get older is we get busier and we forget and we lose sight of what's important in how we can restore our souls. It doesn't matter what your persuasion is. These things can help us together. And that's how I discovered it, or one of the reasons. Here's another simple one by William Wordsworth, and I think this will be the last poem I'll read today. I'm not going to read a... I'm not going to read a whole bunch of them today, but I may do this again. To a Butterfly. It says it's written in 1802. So he was quite young. This is interesting. Well, I guess not that young. How old would he have been? To me, it's young. He wasn't that young. But um, he was, what, about 30 years old? 32? What did I say? Yeah, he was born in... 1770, so he was definitely coming into his own as a poet without a doubt. I've watched you now a full half hour, self-poised upon that yellow flower, and little butterfly, indeed, I know not if you sleep or feed, 
How motionless, not frozen seas, more motionless than then. What joy awaits you when the breeze hath found you out among the trees and calls you forth again? This plot of orchard ground is ours. My trees they are, my sister's flowers. Here rest your wings when they are weary. Here lodge as in a sanctuary. Come often to us, fear no wrong. Sit near us on the bough. We'll talk of sunshine and of song and summer days when we were young. Sweet childish days that were as long as 20 days are now. I like that little poem. What is this calling us to? I've been blogging a lot, by the way, and you can find those blogs um, on the FrontierBeyondFear.com page under blogging or blog. And the reason I say that is there was a blog that I put out a while ago about being childlike versus childish, and there's a big difference. Um, I blog every day now, and I'm going to continue to do so. He's calling us to be childlike because we never really lose our connection to that part of ourselves. When we find that childlike heart within us, it will help us with everything else that we do. That is the part of us that doesn't fear so much. Yes, children can be afraid, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the wonder, the openness, the newness of the world, and just what a wonderful world it is, and appreciating it. If you are a spiritual person, being thankful, well, actually, spiritual or non-spiritual, but it can go deeper. If you are spiritual and you believe in the divine, as I do, the omnipresent divine, then you feel inseparable from everything you're looking at, and it will reach you ever more deeply. You can even reach a higher state of consciousness, so to speak, where things seem to shift and feel the entire world seems clearer to you. If you go for long walks in nature, which I have done, um, things can shift. Your perspective literally clarifies. And what, what do we need more than clarity? And note how in the poem before this that I read how he's lamenting, you know, how we're treating one another. And he's turning to nature. That's because nature can help us wherever we are. If we need to focus, if we are passionate about something that's important, that has to do with empathy for one another, if we are passionate, nature will help us. Appreciating the beauty of our world will help us. The poem about the butterfly is sad to me in a way because I see so few of them compared to my own childhood or even of birds for that matter. Many have vanished. 
And um, I worry about the monarch butterfly, for example, which is, there were so many around when I was young, and now I almost never see them. Same thing with even birds. There aren't as many, and the science will bear this out, that, that we're losing things that are in the natural world. And this is of concern, no doubt. But most of all, no matter what, we need to realize just how important protecting the beauty of our surroundings can be or seeking that no matter where you are. You can be in a city where there's almost, it's all concrete around, but you can still notice the trees that you can see. You can still go to the park. Even if you're locked in, as many have for a long time, I mean, I know we're getting out, but many, you know, we're not getting out as much as we used to. You can appreciate what you can see from where you are. And just stop for a minute and contemplate. Just stop. Read a poem. Give it a try. You'd be surprised. I've always been a writer, I will say this, and I was a reader too, but I lost of reading, and a lot of us do. I'm not reading nearly as much as I used to when I was young, and some of that when I was younger, though I appreciated it, was also obligatory in some ways, too. And that, this is reading beautiful things for the sake of the beauty, for the sake of the inspiration, for the sake of learning something and what you will find. And some of these things I've read today, these are relatively light, although there is some reference to the stresses we face as human beings. There absolutely is. But I will tell you, it really helps to relate to the past, to relate to how people have felt for centuries, because we are not so different And history really does repeat, which is phenomenal, and yet it does because human nature has a tendency to go a certain way. When we're aware of this and when we can see how others in other times found solace, found inspiration, found courage, That can help us. We can learn from other people in other times. They have things to share with us. Here I'm only focusing on poetry, but everything, there are so many different ways when we choose to explore. These books I have have essays in them, and one of the first ones I turn to, which I won't get into in detail now, just so astoundingly captured an incident in history I think I vaguely heard about. I would have known more about it when I was much younger because I was very, very up on history back then. And now, you know, I'm, it's not as present for me as it used to be. All the different, not so much the major events, but some of the, the more obscure events. And yet there are so many ways that we repeat similar patterns, and it can be a long, long time ago. I've been studying philosophy 
um, I want to do more of this, but sometimes I'll just turn on a college lecture on philosophy. In fact, I watch several several lectures, and then I'm, I've been looking for different things to help me to sort out what's going on in the world, what's going on with the people around me. And we don't know everything in this moment. We can learn from the people in the past. I, that sounds really trivial. It sounds so simple, and yet it is absolutely true. And we need this right now. We need all the assistance that the past can offer us. So I'm going to draw this program to a close. I'm going to try to keep these shows to 30 minutes without going into overtime unless I'm so inspired. Um, I thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring this program both before and during on the Blog Talk Radio front page. And I do hope to do more of these episodes where I will just share with you some things that will help us to reflect together. I'm really doing my best to be on a bridge because truthfully, I often am on on the bridge. I see a lot of perspectives. I, I feel the pain coming from multiple areas, and I just feel like we can connect. There are so many ways that we can connect and that people can know that we hear you. We're listening. We're listening. We hear. It's so important to listen. So thank you, everyone. I appreciate you being here today. You can follow this show if you want to see an announcement of any new ones, although they tend to come out pretty quickly after I announce them. Also, FrontierBeyondFear.com is where I store the programs and where you can find the archive of over 400 broadcasts, although the program has shifted over time. And you'll see that in my reflections. So it's at a very simple place right now, and that's where I want it to be. So take care, everyone. And um, I look forward to being here again soon. I hope so. Thank you.